Hey, hey, folks. Thanks again for joining me on another episode of Trost Talk. Uh, here is uh, episode 13, where I'm joined by my good buddy, John Bulls. Some of you may know him as Bear Jew from previous episodes. Uh, today, we dive into a lot of alien talk, Bob Lazard with Area 51, um, you know, people before written history um, that we don't really have a lot of history and knowledge on, but we're slowly starting to discover and think outside the box on. So I hope you guys enjoy the discussion. Um, it's a great episode, and uh, please subscribe to the show and to help out. And other than that, hope you guys enjoy the episode. Thank you. <coughs> That's the one thing. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry, folks. I got a dab going, but um, that's one thing I love about puppies is they're so 100% in any direction. It's never like know their speed. It's either they're 100% play or 100% nap. Yeah, absolutely. So he'll be out for like another hour or so. So is he uh, is he chewing hit like is he going through a chewing stage at all? For now. Yeah, he is. Um, I have to buy a bunch of toys for him, but they're all scattered around the floor because he's like. ADD and easily gets distracted and like he'll like a toy for a minute and then never touch it for another week. Right. So he has like a bunch of options like having all of the floor. So he has a lot to do while well, I'm working from home during the day actually. So like he's just roaming around all day usually. So that's why I have all the toys. <laughs> I always get, I always get in love with puppies and then you always get those people too, who, who, you know, they never want their puppy to grow up to be like an adult. They just wanted a puppy forever. I feel like that's probably why toy dogs are pretty popular, right? Right, the little tiny ones. Yeah. yeah. They're adorable, but honestly, I'm, I'll be happy when he's not a puppy anymore because then he'll hopefully, like, be super chill or a lot more chill. 100% yeah. agree with that. And, they'll, and they're hopefully they've listened and they're well-behaved and, like, trained at that point. So it's like you don't have to worry mm-hmm. about that. I'm the same way. I like them to be fully grown. It's like, yeah. the stage is cute for, like, a week and then you're like i want him to be an adult now it's already. a lot of work yeah. so i've been putting a lot of work in now to kind of train him well so when he's an older dog he'll be really well behaved that's like my goal right now I but i love it yeah i mean he's, he's amazing um so hey i i wanted to say thanks again for you coming on my show um yeah i know last time uh, as everybody knows this is my buddy bulls um is the last time he came on we had a very very long conversation um <clears throat> i wanted to cut it down but to be honest everything kind of just flowed really well together so i couldn't right. really cut much um but i'm glad to have him on again he and i we're gonna dive in focus a lot on just aliens um you know obviously with the recent admission from the u.s government that ufos are real People are now starting to talk about it more. Um, You know, just before we kind of dive into uh, some of the talking points you and I talked about, I want to go ahead and ask you a question of, um, so for the longest time, a big talking point always is like um, (coughs) the government, everybody had the belief or a lot of people had the belief that the government kept a lot of the aliens, UFO stuff, all that secret from us because they didn't think people would be able to handle it and that they have so much more information than that we know of and they don't want to make it public because they truly don't think that the public could handle something like this, which I personally agree with. Now, my question to you is, do you Mm -hmm. think the admission that they say UFOs are real, which also seemed to kind of get brushed to the side by everything else going on in the world, which was odd. um, Like they're like, Hey, aliens are real. And they're like, I don't care. (laughs) You're like, "I, I, I don't, you're so right. And I make this joke all the time. With, I talk to my family about it, my friends. 
and I talk about how, wow, 2020 is so insane that yeah. we found out that the, the government has been researching UFOs that they have, and we found out there's aliens, essentially, and no one's talking about it. And no one's talking, nobody even batted an eye. They released it in what, like April? I think it was April, like in the middle, the height of the pandemic. Yeah. So there was all that going on and yeah, the social like unrest. April or the May. riots and I think it was. Protesting. I think it was actually during all the uh, the George Floyd stuff because I think they were yeah. like yeah. So it was like May or June. May June maybe. Um. <laughs> so I guess my question but essentially is- essentially they uh, they came out saying that they've been researching unidentified crafts that have yeah. been witnessed by countless numbers of military and and pilots you know that and apparently they've almost hit a bunch of aircrafts they've hit almost hit commercial front flyers so that's why they've been researching them and then what was released was that we actually have these crafts and they've been studied by our scientists yeah that, that's what was so incredible is our government admitted that we have ufos that are, and I'll give you the quote right here. It was one of the top, um, one of the top scientists on it said that uh, he had been studying a crafts not made on this earth. That was a direct yeah. quote, not made on this earth. Yeah. So we have UFOs in our possession, and no one's talking about it. My so my question is now to you: Do you think if the government were to unveil? say a hundred percent more of the information that we know available right now um do you think the the people could handle it right now or do you think like we could only handle so much as like knowing that aliens are real well i i think it's got to be like a trickle down i I don't think we could handle all the information like a huge dump especially i understand why they're keeping this under wraps like if it's only the u.s that has these you know, the amount of destructive power that these devices potentially have to our to everything is is insane. So if the wrong people were to get the, you know their hands on it, you know, who knows what could ha- what could happen as far as war on this planet and destruction yeah. to our cities and our mass extinction event, level events. No, I, I agree. I think uh, I mean, but here's the other thing though. <laughs> it could be the one thing that unites us as a planet. Right. You know, well, that's if we're attacked by some sort of extraterrestrial. If we're like invaded, you don't think I feel if, like that would be a good if, You don't think if one day 50 UFOs showed up invisible or invisible in the sky that in, and they didn't attack, but just visible that everybody in the world would be like, hey, uh, you guys want to talk about this real quick? Or are we just going to go about <laughs> like our day to day? Like, there's definitely going to be a conversation. You know, no, I mean? Russia will be like, attack. oh, we still want to like take over the Ukraine. So we, we don't care about these UFOs. Hey, yeah, I, I don't think, yeah, I don't think Russia's be like, sorry, I know we were probably working with limited time here, but I really wanted Ukraine. This just, <laughs> yeah. this is my opportunity. Now. I'm just going to do Ukraine and then we could deal with the, uh, with the UFOs. Just give me okay. a week tops. Ukraine's a bunch of pussies. We'll, we'll just roll right over them. Then we'll talk about this aliens thing. <laughs> Like, right. Well, I, I think in that scenario, like like you said, like, sure, that would be a scenario where we would galvanize. There's a lot. There's so many movies that are like that. It's kind of crazy to think that it's it's actually kind of real. Well, here's here's the other thing, too. So uh, we, I don't know if you watched it, but the Bob Lazar documentary, right? Yes. So 
how he describes a UFO is literally how everybody has imagined or seen UFOs in any movie since the beginning of time, right? And so my my thinking is is like if we've been seeing that like and they're not far off, I'm like how, like how do they know that? Like how do they know to think of that way through uh Well, have you ever like heard of the idea of a like, collective conscious type of thing that that's getting a little deep, but um, you know, it's possible. Um, like that we all have similar thoughts at some sort of level. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's possible that maybe our ancestors, whenever, how, who knows how long ago, had interactions or saw something like this. And it's been passed along this type of you know, idea of how flying saucers or UFOs should look has been passed along for so long. And it's just part of our human psyche. And, and and that's a very possible thing. But what I will say is, if you listen to Bob Lazar, he said there was like eight or nine crafts that all look very different. So they're not all like that. Mm -hmm. you know, they're not all what you would see in like what like World of the Worlds, like for example. Right, <clears throat> right. That that is true. Um, I, I I just find it interesting though that I, I'm almost thinking that maybe like they were in touch with us, say ten thousand years ago right or twelve thousand years ago and then when we got wiped out now they're just hovering waiting seeing like all right when are they gonna when are they gonna get back to the area where, where we can kind of like come talk to them again and start trading maybe they were all trading with us because if if they were if they were in contact with us back then that would show that they share technologies with us and then they they saw a use with us without conquering us right so unless they were what diminished us back to nothing well i see i am not convinced that you know all all of our history was super affected by aliens you know what i mean like like that is a, a theory and I, and, but i'm not convinced that that's the case you know it's just because as we're going to get into just because uh i'm very into this younger dryas theory and the idea of there being an ancient high technology civilization doesn't mean that that it, it was because of aliens. It could have just been a civilization that had very high technology. Mm -hmm. You understand? Yeah. But I mean, it's, I'm not saying, who knows what our history is with, with, with aliens. Now that we know that there are UFOs and there are aliens out there, uh, you know, we have no idea what type of interaction that they've had with the, with the planet. I know that uh, 2000, well, 2001 A Space Odyssey, the whole idea behind that movie, which was made in the 60s, is that aliens came down and affected human evolution to make us humans. That's like the whole idea behind the movie. I never saw the movie. I only know the strip club in Tampa. <laughs> yeah, right. That might be a better one. I mean, I, I don't blame you. <laughs> better option, you think? Uh, yeah. But I do agree that uh, there's a... I, so I'll be honest, it took me a while to really kind of get into the um, the whole aliens thing because like, and it wasn't that I didn't believe it. I just assumed, I always just assumed there was something out there, but like I never really gave it much thought or like how much, uh, how much um, influence they could have had in the past on us. Um, because I mean, from what we know of pretty much like civilization starts with Egypt, right? And like that's what we i would so say the, the, no the first the first civilization at like that we think of as a civilization that had agriculture and writing are the sumerians 
-hmm. who existed in Mesopotamia around 4,000 BC in that, in that era, in that, um, in that thousand year period is when they started to pop up. So in, in school, in school books and textbooks, they'll tell you the first civilization are the ancient Sumerians. And it's interesting yeah. if you study the Sumerians, uh, you know, they're the very first, uh, the very first, you know, story ever written down by the Sumerians. So it's the very first story that we have in the world is actually the Epic of Gilgamesh, which is a really interesting story about, you know, this king, but it includes a whole section of it about an ancient flood that wiped off, you know, that killed off a bunch of, you know, the world and essentially reset the world similar to what we see in all of our biblical texts. So we obviously have Noah's Ark, that's a huge biblical text, a biblical story where the same type of thing happened. You know, a flood wiped out most of the earth and then it came back. And like you see this like permeating in every single civilization throughout history. Everyone has a story about this. So it makes, it's an interesting thing to think about is like, you know, is this potentially something that may have actually happened or something similar to that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And for, for some context, I just wanted to say, we, I tried to bring this up to you. Uh, we have a bunch of buddies. We went to Oktoberfest together, which was amazing. And I tried to bring it up to you and, and my other friends while we were there in a very short period of time. And, and, and you guys didn't take me seriously and it's arrived on me. I get it. Listen, it's, it's funny. But I feel like if I actually sat down with you one-on-one, -on -one, I might be able to convince you that there's a lot of merit to it. Uh, and it's, it's actually very interesting. Um, so what are you trying to convince me of first off? So I, it definitely starts with something called the younger Dryas impact hypothesis. So essentially there is this period of time about 12 to 14,000 years ago where we know there was a massive increase in the sea level to the point where there was massive tidal waves going around the entire world. Um, we, there's evidence of a massive, uh, massive amounts of debris and some sort of impact. Um, there's this whole layer of earth. If you look up Younger Drives, you can see pictures of it. There's this whole layer of earth. It looks like charred ground. And, uh, and geologists have dated that era, what, the, what that charred ground looks, looks like, um, to about 12 to 14,000 years ago. At the same time, Massive dieouts of what what are called uh, megafauna, or yeah, megafauna, which are essentially massive animals that roamed North America, Eurasia, uh, you know, South America. Anyway, megafauna essentially are you know massive animals like rhinos, elephants. Those are megafauna, but so the, the megafauna that existed in North America at the time. There was giant sloths, if you've never heard of those, massive sloths. They had American lions. Yeah, there, was, there was woolly mammoths. There was uh, mastodons. Uh, essentially, all these massive short mammals. Short-nosed bear. Yeah, all those, yes. Exactly. All, 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 yeah. These, okay, all these massive mammals that existed that all died out for some reason. We don't know why, but they all died out about twelve to 13,000 years ago. Uh, at the same time, it lines up with this ge geological pattern that we see with the charred ground. And they have found a, a crater underneath uh, Greenland. Greenland. Oh, yeah, you know. Uh, they found this crater underneath Greenland that they know was a massive asteroid that, that hit the planet 
and they, they are dating it to about 12 to 16 to 20,000 years ago, um, somewhere in there. So it, it all kind of you know, matches up. Um, I mean, look, I don't necessarily think that's far-fetched that that could be something that happened. I mean, that, that's the basic theory of what killed off the dinosaurs, right? I mean, the dinosaurs and, you know, the, the animals between uh, what you would say the Ice Age, like, it's not like that's split by a couple thousand years, right? That's split by millions and millions of years. Um, that, that's kind of like why I believe, like, my, my theory with, like, climate change is a lot of, like, not theory, but, like, my belief with climate change is that, you know, the Earth is literally, we are just on a rock in space on this simplistic view, right? So this thing has been hit by meteors for millions and billions of years. This thing has been shifting and changing for millions and billions of years. And it's going to continue to do that for millions and billions of years. And so I don't think that it is far-fetched to believe that um, life has changed over the course of time through cataclysmic events. I do think that is a real thing. I think that could very well. I mean, because we also have a one in Arizona, right? A meteor in Arizona that's freaking amazing. Yeah, I mean, too, there's right? craters all over, all over the world. Right. Um, and, but, you know ones of these size there's really not that many and one is the one is the crater in the gulf of mexico where where we know that that was the impact crater from the asteroid or the meter that killed the dinosaurs uh, but that was obviously dated till thousands of years ago when the dinosaurs existed yeah uh, or millions of years ago i should say uh, whereas this one's dated far more recent than any massive crater that we see on that we found on this planet yeah, it was what it was like. I I know from the documentary, it's thirty-one kilometers wide, which I don't know what that is in miles. That's like a few, right? <laughs> a few miles, like eighteen. Yeah, I have probably right like here. eighteen. I imagine, right? Right. Uh, it's just a massive. It's a massive asteroid, you know, impact crater that would have been had to have. Uh, a 200 kilometer wide crater uh, that impacted the area. And that means that there would have been a massive asteroid that caused that. 1.5 kilometers across. So when is it? Okay. So when are you saying that this thing happened, it was about 15, 20,000 20, years ago, right? Yeah. So, so at some point about 15 to 20,000 years ago, um, at that time, we don't know, like 12,000 to, they don't know the exact date. It's hard to get the exact days. So it's all just like these big ranges, but all the ranges kind of line up. So at the time though, we know this for a fact, North America, that area where, where the crater is, was covered by a massive, more than a mile long ice sheet because we were in the height of an ice age at the time. So when, when this asteroid hits, it's going to completely vaporize all this water and introduce a load, a, a, I don't know, like my, a mile long tidal wave of fresh water into the entire you know, climate, into, onto the entire world, you know, completely changing the environment of the world, you know, wiping away civilizations that live close to water um, and you know, creating a, a mass extinction level event all across the world, not just in the area where it hit. I mean, that would be the theory of how the Ice Age started to end, though, right? Well, yes. Yes. Right. And so, that, is, that is when the Ice Age ended. Right. So are you saying that scholars are saying that 
an asteroid didn't end the uh, ice age as well as the dinosaurs? Because I feel like that wouldn't be hard to convince a scholar to believe that. That that an asteroid ended the ice age? Is that what you're asking me? Yeah, because I feel like that. Yeah, so that's that's all pretty new. Uh, as far as before before we found this, they found this, uh, you know, crater. It uh, the the idea was that we knew that the ice age ended pretty pretty rapidly because we have the ice core samples. We know what the uh, the, the height of the sea the, the temperature of the, the the world and what the height of the sea level was. So because of that, we knew that the ice age had ended very rapidly for whatever reason. We just didn't know the cause. Now, if you you know take this information and say, hey, this could have been the cause, um, and we know it was rapid. So essentially, all these civilizations that were living close to water were flooded with water. We know it was rapid within within about a hundred years. The uh, the the I the, the whatever the level the sea level raised over about a mile. So it's an, it's an insane difference to where it was, you know, prior to this impact or prior to the end of the ice age. Well, here's a, so here's a food for thought too, that I always thought of too, is the Sahara desert, right? Mm -hmm. Wow. <laughs> like just a fuck ton of sand, bro. Like there that's, that's like literally, that's the bottom of an ocean. So that, there had to be some sort of body of water over that at some sort of point in time. Well, over we know that the Sahara used to be a rainforest, a dense rainforest. Yeah. Well, this still doesn't answer all There's the fossils of, of literally a rainforest in the Sahara. So all, all that area, for, for some reason, you know, became completely barren. We don't know exactly why. Yeah, that's what I'm saying is that's why I don't think it's far-fetched. Like when people are talking about cataclysmic, cataclysmic events, like I don't like you don't have to convince me of that. What I'm saying is like think about what you're talking about though too in the sense that um, we have from the meteor hitting Greenland in 20,000 years ago ending the Ice Age to the civilizations like the ones in Mesopotamia, Meso not uh, Mesopotamia. Yeah, Mesopotamia or, and where all the Incas were. No, Mesopotamia is different. No, Mesopotamia is, is the, uh, the Fertile Crescent. Uh, Inca, the, like the Inca um, one from the guy that you were talking about, which um, please, please so people know what we're talking about. Explain the video that we're going to. Yeah, so I, right I, I sent Kyle over a video from one of my favorite researchers. His name is Brian Forrester. And essentially, this guy, he travels around to sites all over the world from ancient civilizations. And he's looking for evidence of high ancient technology. And when I say high technology, I mean, essentially, technology, like items or walls or buildings that were built in a way that was clearly not possible with the tools that we know that the people lived there had. So, for example, he's talking about Machu Picchu and, and, and all of, uh, you know, a lot of the Inca sites down in South America, where you see these massive stones made of extremely hard rock um, that for some reason uh, are somehow intertwined with each other. So you, if you look up Inca walls, megalithic Inca, Inca walls, they're called megalithic walls. Uh, and it looks like somehow these stones are cut in a way that they interconnect and are like kind of pushed into each other. So the way that it's built, we have no idea how it was created. 
Um, as far as recreating it today, we actually can't. We don't know how to do that. We don't know how to make that. We can make something that looks like it, but as far as the durability, strength, and the interlocking, it, uh, you know, we, we would need extremely, uh, you know, high diamond tools to even start building something like that. And what you see in a lot of these Inca sites is you see these megalithic walls on the bottom, and then on top of them are like mud brick walls, which are very common for you know the ancient, yeah, uh, the pre you know the ancient Inca uh, civilizations, Inca yeah. societies. So that's what you see like would match up with the tools and the technology that they had at the time are these like mud brick kind of like, crude walls that you see built on top of these massive stones intertwined. So I wanted to Kyle to watch this video and just see the evidence for himself as to you know the potential for a civilization that existed prior to what we know as the Incas that built these megalithic walls and then the Incas that we know would have come in and built on top of that. Well, here's my here's my thing though. So would this ancient civilization had to have intertwined with the ice age then because what you're saying is is uh, if this meteor ended the ice age and 20,000 years ago and these things in that video a lot of these things that he was talking about were dated to be about 12,000 years old exactly right? so right. you're saying there's an 8,000 year gap where they had to be no no well I, I kind of got into that uh, I, I was saying there's a big range of when this happened they don't know the exact date of when this asteroid hit there's really like it, they don't have they know it was from about I think was, the, the they, estimation no, was, was about like 20, 12, they said it was 12 20 to 25,000 years ago. I mean, that's contested. I've seen multiple different, different, uh, thing, whatever examples of that, um, or ideas, you know, this crater in Greenland is underneath a massive amounts of ice right, right now. The only way that they found it was using, you know, ground penetrating radar or ice penetrating radar. Um, and I, I mean, I was just reading about it. Um, you know, there's there's dates of it as early as twelve thousand years ago. They they don't really know though. I think it's so interesting that asteroid thing. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say it's like I I think it's interesting too because like when you think about it, we have they've also found I think there's man. I want to make sure I get this right, so I want to look real quick. But um, I. Uh, yeah under antarctica they have found like over a hundred volcanoes that are like under right. all, all under antarctica so i mean if you think about that it, it's kind of it's kind of odd because you would think back in the dinosaur times those were probably had no ice on it and those were probably just going crazy right right um, right <clears throat> so i don't think it's kind of far-fetched to believe that there is a lot about this earth that i think we can't even begin to fathom much like how there's a lot that the u.s government is hiding from us about aliens i think there's so much about this earth that we do not even understand and that um we have yet to even begin to to think about because what happens when antarctica really starts to melt and those volcanoes are yeah. more active like eventually and, and this is also a reality the sun eventually in millions and millions of years will expand into a red giant and when that happens earth will be engulfed by the sun like th this planet has a life life uh um doesn't have infinite life like we are going to vanish at some point so it's like I, that's why i've always looked at space and always been like 
we should kind of start venturing out there and start seeing what the fuck is out there and really start going after, uh, you know, honestly getting out of the solar system. Right, right. You know, Elon Musk is helping us out there. Yeah, our boy. I love him. Um, but that's why, so w- with this guy, the, now, he's saying that he has a bunch of um, evidence, but I felt like a lot of the stuff he was saying is was kind of more vague. And uh, I know carbon dating, and for a fact, I think it's after like six or 8,000 years, it, like the accuracy of carbon dating, dating significantly drops. Yeah, I mean, but most of it, what he was talking about the carbon dating is just an afterthought you know the the area where there's the carbon dating is important which is it's very accurate in this case it's been you know backed up by 30 40 times but by, by all these specialists isn't gobekli tepe now have you ever heard of gobekli tepe no so gobekli tepe is an ancient site it's actually the largest archaeological site in the world um, okay. it was discovered in the 2000s in turkey and it's a site uh, with these massive megalithic stones and pottery and, and we, there's lots of other, you know, human debris there that that has been carbon dated to about 12,000 years ago. And, but there are these massive megalithic stones made of extremely hard stone, um, you know, similar to, you know, what a, uh, you know, it's very similar type of feel in the area to Stonehenge because it's these, massive stones arranged in a circle kind of like Stonehenge but it's 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 about 10 to 15 times the size of Stonehenge Um, and this is dated we know that this existed 12 to 13,000 years ago from carbon dating and it was deliberately buried for whatever reason so they buried it so it's basically like a time capsule because it was deliberately buried and that 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 level of technology for that time period just doesn't add up, uh, you know, in our history books. What we're taught is people didn't group together and start agriculture till like 4,000 BC, uh, BC. And this would have been, you know, 11,000 BC to 12,000 BC. Um, and that, that this existed, that this was buried. So it was, it was around for a far more than that. Okay, so then what's your theory? What do you think happened? Well, that's where the asteroid thing that we were talking about come, comes in. So this guy, you, Brian Forrester, if you, if whoever's listening want to go look it up, it's, he's had a lot so of evidence. You think that, yeah, so you think that this, this ancient civilization that was highly technological, it would have had to have been, because some well, of the and, examples... And you, you have to put context in highly techno- technological. Am I saying that they had computers, they had all this stuff that we have today? No, that's not what I'm saying. You know, what I'm saying is that they had the capability to build these ma- massive megalithic structures all across the, the planet. Um, and right. But do you understand the level of technology have... that would come with that? Well, I don't, we don't know. You know, it, it doesn't necessarily have to develop the same way it developed for us. So this might have developed in a different way. And who knows, you know, what other technology they did have, but whatever they did have would be completely gone to history now. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be something that would be preserved from 12 to 13,000 years ago. If you look up, if the apocalypse were to happen today, you look how, how the planet would look 12,000 years from now, you know, all of our buildings would be destroyed. Everything would be gone. You know, all the only remnants from our culture would be our trash um, and would be any stones that we had 
constructed. You know, uh, it wouldn't necessarily be easy to, to tell what the technology that we had. I mean, it would have to be something grand because think about where you're moving these, you're moving these structures. I mean, you're talking about hundred ton stones that mm -hmm. are being laid like they're bricks. So think, Absolutely. think about our highest technology right now. I don't even know that we have technology that could be doing that. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. So we, like, we really don't know how they did this, um, how the ancients did this. And that the current theories just don't make any sense. Like the, what you taught in your history books about how, let's say, the pyramids were built, just don't make any sense. Um, and it's impossible. You know, a lot of the stones that they have in the pyramid, especially the inside granite stones, which is which encasing the inside of, of the, the pyramid, were all, all come from the Aswan Quarry, which is over 300 miles away from the pyramids. So they cut these massive granite stones, which today, what we use to shape granite is our diamond drills. We, you cannot use something, you, you cannot use anything that's the same or less hard than that rock to, to, to pierce it. And today, the rock that we use to cut that type of stone are diamond drills, you know, electric. So today we could probably, you know, redo a lot of the stuff that was done inside the pyramids, but with technology that we would use would be our modern technology, technology. How did they do it? When according to our history books, the best, the strongest material they had was bronze, the Egyptians, it makes no sense. And, you know, this kind of goes back to the original, the, the, the start of this whole ancient civilization history. So, and this is what I talked about with you originally, and I brought up to you in Germany, was the Sphinx. So the Sphinx was studied, and the enclosure, so the, the Sphinx is down into the bed of the rock. So they, they cut into the bed of the rock and then shaped the Sphinx out of the bedrock itself. So the Sphinx itself is very hard to date because it's been renovated and changed throughout history. However, the enclosure to the Sphinx has been not touched very much at all. So the enclosure, you know, it's because it's built into the ground, there's heavy rainfall weathering on the enclosure of the Sphinx. Now that's in the middle of a desert. There has not been heavy rainfall for over 8,000 years in that area. So that predates the Sphinx to before we, we know of the Sumerians. That predate, predates that, that, that area, that bedrock area where the Sphinx exists, um, where they cut into the stone, into the bedrock, that predates the earliest known civilization. And these are all facts. It's all been like completely cor corroborated by hundreds of archeologists. Um, so we know this to be for a fact, this, this enclosure existed when there was heavy rainfall at least 8,000 years ago. So that's where this whole theory started was this, and it got everyone thinking, you know, what's going on here? And then they discovered Gobekli Tepe, and now they're questioning the, the age of all the megalithic structures that exist all around the world, including the pyramids. So th there's, there's these massive like tunnel systems that were man-made that were built into the bedrock, which is, uh, I think it's limestone or basalt um, in, in that area of Egypt, which is ex uh, limestone, not as much basalt, way harder. Either way, it, if it's limestone, it still would be a great undertaking for us to do that today with our technology today. Uh, not saying we can't do it. We could do it. It would just cost a, sh a shitload of money and we'd have to use, we'd have to use some very high technology to do it. Now, 
how did they do that? Cut straight into the earth like that, you know, with bronze tools and no hydraulic systems. That's a really great question. Um, and I think that's, that's the question that this brings up. I, my only, my only fan, my only thing I want to get over to you is that what we've been taught in school, what the, the current dogma for human civilization is, is wrong. And it's all based on theories I mean, that have very 6, little. I think from Egypt up, up until now was pretty accurate. Now, if you want to argue about the Sphinx in the, the pyramids and them not being there and also that the massive stones in uh i think it's peru is where inca is right or is it chile so it's in it's in uh chile and, and peru yeah. so it spans all the right and so those massive are... stones now if you want to say that those were those were built by somebody else i think it's a fair argument but i'm saying is how where if you can't like you can't just start saying that it is like it's all right to have a theory on it but it's you can't be like just the mere the the sheer uh uh manpower of like moving the stones to up to or up to build a pyramid is unbelievable when i mean back then all they did was if if they wanted something built like they literally would take a million people and have them pull a stone and move a stone a mile. I don't think you understand. I, I don't think you under, like, understand the full mathematical aspect and precision aspect of a lot of these, these uh, megalithic structures. So for example, the pyramids is the best example, I think, you know, just how precise it's built. So there's the, the pyramids are built. They're actually not four-sided, they're eight-sided. You could see it when you look above but they're built, they're built essentially mathematically perfect um, as well. In the, in the area where the pyramids aren't damaged, you cannot fit a piece of paper between any of the stones. They fit perfectly interlocked together. Now, that's not a million people with no direction. You know, just numbers is not going to help you make something like that. Like you need, you need a planner, you need extremely intelligent planners uh, to, to make, and, and people to, who know that vision to be down there ex explaining to these millions of workers, you know, if, if that is the case of how they did it, uh, these millions of the workers, it, exactly how to put things in place to where they're perfect. They're also aligned perfectly to the north-south axis. I don't know if you knew that too, which is true for a lot of these, you know, megalithic structures. They, they, they align to the stars. Now that, the, the, this, idea like this creation is just the, the sheer amount of intelligence that went into planning it and carrying it out just doesn't it, no matter how many people you have you have to have that type that high intelligence to create this it doesn't matter uh you know how many people you have i mean again that's what i was saying though is i'm not saying it's an impossible it's an impossible theory, but I'm saying it, what I'm also arguing is to play devil's advocate is that like, you're believing that it's as much as it is possible of that. You just also simultaneously believe that it is impossible that it could have just been, it could have been that. I mean, think about how much time they have. This is literally all they were doing. And think about how whoever wanted the pyramids built, it wasn't even in his lifetime that it was built. It was built thousands of years later or hundreds of years later after him. Well, it's weird that we don't have any writings 
from, from ancient Egypt talking about building the pyramids, like uh, the, the, the great pyramids. There's no writings about, uh, about how they built the pyramids. Uh, you know, all the ideas of when we think it was built is based on, you know, small little tidbits they find that really are not heavily, you know, vetted. They're just like, oh, hey, they, they talked about, they, they found some text that says, oh, the, you know, something about the pyramids in it. And they assume, oh, this is when it was created. I think it was a Khufu. It was like the Emperor Khufu is who they said um, commissioned the pyramids. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, I'm not claiming to have the answers here or, or claiming that, you know, I know for, for a fact, you know, everything happened this way. What I'm saying is the way that it's taught in history books currently and the current dogma of archaeology is wrong. And it should be questioned and we should be looking into these things further because they're clearly wrong in a lot of ways. You know, how is it possible that before any, how is it possible that before any civilization, there was a massive megalithic structures being built in both Egypt and Turkey, at least. And we, th these megalith structures are actually found all across the world, not just in Machu Picchu, not just in South America and, and uh, Africa and, and Middle East, but also Japan, also China, also parts of Europe. You know, there are these megalithic structures all over the world. And for some reason, they, a lot of them actually look, look alike. There's megalithic walls with these massive stones that kind of interlock in the same way. And they're all over the world. You know, if you search, you know, megalithic stones, you can find them in Japan. Uh, you can find them in China. You could find them in Egypt. You find them in Lebanon. You find them in, um, you know, it, like you said, it, like in South America, you know, where the Inca used to, used to be. Um, all, so you find them all over the world. You find them in, on Easter Island. Uh, and, you know, maybe there, all these civilizations develop, you know, were not, not linked and completely developed the same technology at some point um, and built these. But, you know, the question is, I, I like to look into it. I like to think about it and, you know, think what could have been and, and what could have been the reason for this. Yeah. I mean, so then what do you, where's your line then? Like, are you saying that, um, are you saying that, with what am i trying sorry i'm high here um are you trying to say then like what about ancient egypt do you believe do you believe that they just happened to find the pyramids in the sphinx and they just believed it to be theirs well that's what we see throughout history you know everyone throughout history they um every civilization is pretty much built on top of another one you know a lot of these civilizations that we have currently if you build below you know there was a civilization there in the past for Egypt is a perfect example. You know, Cairo, the city of Cairo that we have is built on top of, you know, ancient Egypt. Like they, they when they're doing construction projects in Cairo, they're finding like caches of, you know, burials and they, they found a, a sarcophagus, you know, all throughout the city when they're building. Like that happens all the time. Uh, so, you know, that's what happens humans do that they they, no, they find areas where things are built and they build on top of it so yeah. so the theory is that humans uh you know had a, a civilization far in the past maybe twelve thousand more or, or more years ago that somehow had you know some sort of high technology and we don't know what that high technology capable of building a lot of these structures that we see today 
that were wiped out by that uh, catastrophe from the Younger Dryas impact event that we were discussing earlier. And you know that impact event would have caused massive flooding, massive uh, tidal waves all across the world, essentially wiping out any civilization that lived close to water. Um, and as we know, ancient civilizations congregated close to water, uh, and that's why we, we uh, you know, we find a lot of civilizations underwater in, let's, for example, there's a lot of civilizations underwater right now in the, in the Mediterranean that are constantly finding like civilizations, you know, underwater and like uh, evidence of, you know, massive cities that are underwater that used to, you know, be above water. And this type of event would have essentially reset you know, the world with obviously there are some survivors and those survivors would have had to try to rebuild the world, which took up to six or 7,000 years until we had the Sumerians, until we had the next civilization. So it's the idea that instead of human history being linear, where it started with the Sumerians, it was more cyclical where we built up and got to a, a level of, 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 you know, technology and understanding, and then we were wiped, nearly wiped out and had to restart again. So that's the theory. I'm not saying that this is 100% true. What I'm saying is there's a lot of evidence that supports a lot of, a lot of this, and I find it very interesting to look into that evidence. And I think it's a really interesting theory, and, you know, well, all we know, well, all I can tell you for a fact is what we've learned in high school, what we learned in our textbooks are just wrong because there's lots of evidence to prove against what they've been saying. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say it's wrong as much as, because to me, scholar, like what we know is like scholarly education really only dates back to I, I mean to me you're arguing the fringes of history because at some point like the scholarly history takes over as true because you're getting to a certain point where written history starts coming in fluxes that outweighs all this yeah I'm, I'm i'm not arguing you know what happened from the sumerians till now you know because that's the start of written history there's a lot that we don't know about them and we, there's a lot that we don't understand about those civilizations that exist then either. And I find those fascinating too. Um, but to, to, to claim that we know the answers to a lot of these things, like when the pyramids are built, who built the pyramids, who built the Sphinx, who created uh, Gobekli Tepe, you know, the Incas. I think those are fair arguments. I, I, and I agree. I think they're fun theories to look into. I, I'm not, I, I feel like you're trying to convince me that there couldn't have been an ancient civilization. My, my thing I kind of just get hung up on is like, okay, but how advanced were they? Because think about some of the points that you're, you're making or you're making these points that we're talking about technologies we've never seen before. If this like, or can't even imagine and like, couldn't even, there's nothing we could do. Like they were saying, for instance, one of the saws that they found in the cutting of the stone was 500 times more powerful than any diamond head saw that we have. Like, that's an ins that's an absurd amount of that's an absurd amount of technology and power that's that's insane and yeah. you're saying that you have that and then you end through a cataclysmic event of an asteroid and i'm like 
Oh, that's just a I theory. Like, the asteroid the theory. Right, that, but I feel like at that point, actually, if you have technology like that, like, how did you not see that coming? Like, how did you not prevent that? I feel like you would be able to have the technology, or or are asteroids just so indestructible, it doesn't matter what type of technology you have. You're assuming that, you know, they, they're, the way that they develop their technology is the same way that we would develop it. You know, they're I mean, a completely different civilization. You know, they didn't necessarily have like the communication that we have. They didn't necessarily have how do you know? How do you know they have? I don't. I don't. You have, but you. All right. So I mean, even today, think about it like this. How are we going to stop it? Think about it like this. Think about it like this. You have the ability to move hundred ton stones into place like you're playing Jenga, but you can't have the ability to have basic communication levels. That does. That doesn't even add up. I mean, you're probably right. They probably had some sort of communication. But think about it today. If there was an asteroid hurtling towards Earth, you know, on impact trajectory, how are we going to stop that thing? You know, today, you know, we have space travel. I, I don't know that we could do it. Maybe we can. You know, that's interesting. I think they thought. would. I think because most, most of asteroids are just are, – most asteroids are made up of iron and nickel. I mean, we have the capability of drilling into that. I think what they would do is, like – armageddon day just try, just hey, there's like those movies right it, nuke it yeah. just try and blow yeah it up. here check out kobe just woke up and he's where is he I can see your laptop oh. oh look at him barely knows where he is yeah it's a spot right here but uh yeah, I mean, I don't know for sure today that we would be able to prevent a massive asteroid from hitting the Earth. But I think questions I think we'd like, be able to stand chance, about, though. Talking about this type of history, you know, I think hopefully, and, and showing that there's evidence for this, will hopefully make us have these questions. Like, hey, what are we going to do if, we, if there's a massive asteroid hitting for us? Another theory as to what caused this extinction level event are solar flares. Who, Dr. Robert Schock, which is one of the books that I was reading when I was in Germany, um, he, his theory is that it was not caused by the, the asteroid, but it was caused by massive amounts of solar flares. That, Here's uh, a theory that, for you. Here's a theory for you. Yes. These cataclysmic events, the reason these stones are so far from the, the quarry are during a cataclysmic event when it hits near the quarry boom stone explodes shrapnel which may, obviously very well would happen if you're talking about especially if you're talking about an asteroid 100 or uh, what was it? it was 31 kilometers in distance or in uh in diameter you could easily have shrapnel of stones they were already away from the quarry so now these ancient civilizations with Higher technology, I do agree. The bronze in the bronze thing and the bronze thing doesn't make sense. I do believe trying to put them up into like dragging them into um, like up to the top of a pyramid, you could easily do with just a lot of people putting them into place perfectly. Easily is a very strong word for that. Hold on, hold on. I said, but putting them into place to the way that you said, definitely having some skeptics skeptic skeptic is oh my god can you say the word for me there we go for um, <laughs> um as to how they accomplished that so but just trying to drag it to the top i definitely think easily they could have just had people drag them up 
because I just think that's the way they did it. Now, I don't know how they would have been able to put them perfectly into place. I do agree. Um, and if they probably have the technology to do that. Have you ever seen it, what, the, what the pyramids used to look like? They had photos. Yeah. Have you ever seen it? Yeah, it was lime. It was like shiny white and glistening. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was, it was li- uh, lined with the white limestone and yeah. had a gold top. <laughs> yeah. And then it was like super shiny and it was like smooth. Yeah. No, I know. Uh, but I'm just saying that I think you could have an intertwining of both. It'd be interesting to see. It would be interesting to see this ancient technology with the technology that they would have had because that's just the thing that to me that it just doesn't add up. And I do believe that there could have been an ancient civilization. I'm thinking maybe it was just longer ago. Like it wasn't that they were um, that they were around rather than 12,000 years ago. Because so, to me, there's just that doesn't there's just too many ancient or there's just too many gaps between that mm-hmm. there's like you know what i mean so you're saying that's too, that it that's too been close in context older. like yeah it has to be older for that to accomplish because think think about it from where we are from six thousand years ago of ancient egypt right and think about where we are as a technology and we're not even close to what this supposed technology would have been so, i don't know about that see what? you keep saying that i don't know but it, it was different it was different you know it's they, they had different priorities and it developed in a different way. You know, I, I don't think they have computers like we had. I don't think they had you know, airplanes like we have. You that's know. fine, but they were able to, but they had a tech, they, that still doesn't mean that they didn't have technologies that we didn't have. Maybe they didn't have computers. I'm sure they had some, some stuff that we didn't but have. They had the ability, but they had the ability to move things and organize things and build things mathematically perfect that we couldn't do today and, or we would significantly struggle to do and take us forever. Like, Inter- I'm telling you, the the thing that w- it just drew me with more questions was the giant stones that were 100 tons. They were saying these things were over 100 tons, yep. and they were interlocked with each other, like like literally looked like a kid had put two, like just flattened Jenga pieces all in a line and started stacking Jenga pieces. And that's what it looked like. We don't have anything that could do that. At least yeah. that I know of today. I don't right. think we have anything. Well, we, we might be able to. It would just be a massive undertaking. And would, I mean, who knows how much money this type of stuff would cost? You know, it would cost, you know, hundreds of millions, billions of dollars just to even cut the stones. I mean, it, it's insane. Uh, we would not be capable of doing it today, not because we don't have the technology to do it, but because there's no, there's no one that would fund that because there's no, our entire society now is profit-based. Which is I, is great, but for example, the only reason we know about you know the the crater, the massive crater that we believe is the crater for the asteroid that wiped out the the dinosaurs, is because BP BP oil was charting the bottom of the, of the sea in the Gulf of Mexico to try to find areas to drill. So that's the only reason we know about this this massive uh, crater. We wouldn't have known about it if it weren't for our profit-based type of society. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a benefit to it, but I think uh, – hold on. Oh, fuck, I think you got it. Um, and I think the stones that you're talking about are the, the stones in Baalbach, Lebanon. So there's these massive stones that are arranged – in, in ball back Lebanon yeah. that fit perfectly together and, and uh, 
have been built on top of by likely the Romans when they were in the area. And there's some, some Roman structures on top. But on the, the bottom of the base, which is, uh, is are these massive 100 ton stones that, that line the bottom that, that create this, this plateau. And they're also where, miles away from a quarry too, though, too. Right, right. And I know in the quarry in, in Baalbek, uh, there's even bigger stones cut out of the ground that were abandoned. So there's, there's these massive stones that you could see, they shaped them and cut them, but then didn't finish and abandoned them. They're huge, they're the largest cut stones in the world. So let's think about this for a second. So let's think about this. Let's play with this idea, right? This is a technology we've never seen before that can do this because it has to be done efficiently. It's definitely not coming from a society that we have today, meaning profit-based. So let's toy with this. This is something that they're probably building. They're, if they're ancient, they're building this for a god, right? Or do you think these are homes? Um, yeah, I think it, it, from what we know, it's, it's seemingly more spiritual. Right. Like for okay. Gobekli Tepe, it seems like a ritual space. Okay, um, cool. Yeah. So but we're we building know. this for a shrine, right? So this is now a society that is everything they're doing that is towards a god. Um, now we have a technology that can seemingly cut through hard bath salt and soft limestone, I would say. And granite. And granite. Laser precision, some saw motions. Well, that, that brings us back to, sorry to interrupt, but Brian no, no, Forrester, no. The, video, the video I sent you, right. there's literally evidence of, there's drill marks inside of some of these granite, massive granite stones. So okay. they literally have areas where it's you can see where the drill went in. And it's like so curious to see, like, how are there drill marks on this thing that's supposed to be thousands and thousands of years old? You know, why is that drilled into? Right. So that's what I'm saying is, what do you think they're, what do you think they're using? It has to be, it can't be stone, right? Well, I'll tell Unless you Unless they had massive today, diamonds. To, yeah, to, to get into and, and make those drill marks in granite today, we would use a diamond uh, drill. A well, diamond I've, seen that, drill. I've seen them use water pressure. Not, not to get into granite. Not to get into granite. You know, there's other stones that are softer, but you know, granite is, is seven out of ten on the hardness scale, the Mohs hardness scale, and it's it's one of the hardest. It's one of the hardest rocks. You know, it you the what we would use to cut granite, what we use to shape granite today, are diamond tools. I, I'm interested though in this. So you'd have to use something harder than di you'd have to use something hard as diamonds. I mean, you probably could use titanium. Right, a high level like alloy that we exist today, but you know what it takes to make those, that stuff is high level of technology what we know that right i'm saying so let's it, play with this so what do you think it could be you think they're using massive saws do you think they have some sort of energy source or do you think maybe and this is gonna sound so weird but like lasers <laughs> like <laughs> honestly like it could be some sort of like a laser precision too as well well it's actually interesting you, you brought, brought that up because what I've actually seen in the most compelling theory that I've researched online is that they had actually some sort of substance 
that they were able to put on the stone to soften it, to turn Alien? it, make it softer. Yes. So, so the, the best theory I've seen is that they had a substance. We don't know what the substance was, but they were able to put it on stone and it would soften it. It would soften the stone. Acid? And that, what? Acid? Some sort of acid, some sort of, yeah. we don't know what, what type of uh, material it would be, but they would put on the stone, it would, it would make it become softer, making it a lot easier to cut. But okay. also it, it, in the examples, I want to give you this example first before I finish. Yeah, yeah, uh, all, these, all these megalithic walls that exist all across the world, what you find is that the stones kind of droop into each other. They have like, it, they kind of concave and, and melt into each other on the sides. Now that is a good example, a, a good idea of how those were created where they recovered the substance and then stacked on top of each other and then gravity did its work. And as, as it was rehardening, it was also going into each other because it was soft turning into hard and then it became hard. And that's, that's the best theory I've heard of how they created this, these structures. In the ancient world? Or yeah. With, or with these, okay. So here's a theory then. What if they had acid and were able to soften the rock so then it would make their bronze tools easier to manipulate it? Because if yeah, it's softened, I mean, I, I think softened, that's possible, but that's with, their... if it's softened with acid, just play devil's advocate. They happen to like, maybe that's what they were doing. Imagine these people are somebody who has a whole lot of time to do anything and just trying to solve this, this pyramid issue. You know, they're waking up Saturday morning, King Tut going out to his balcony and he goes, you know what? There's another day. We got to crack at it again. Let's think of some stuff. Hey, didn't you say you had some acid that could weaken stuff like other materials? Let's rub some of that on there. Some of the bad boys on that. And yeah, that's, that's certainly there, possible. It could have softened to the rocks enough to where now granite isn't hard enough to not be able to get shaped by bronze tools. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's a very interesting you know, idea. It certainly could have existed in that type, type of time And then period. you're using millions of people as brute force. <laughs> hey, I, I, I just, I, I'm just happy that, that you're questioning you know, what, the current beliefs of, of history because it, it's clearly wrong. You know, it's clearly based well, I don't on think, not much evidence. I, again, I think, I think where it's wrong is on the edges. Is It's on the edges of where Egypt starts forming because I really think that, like, as you get further into Egypt, uh, Egyptian history, that start, history starts to be true. Well, so before that, I do agree. I think there's a lot of questions, but I've never, I've never really been one to know, like with dinosaurs and all that. Like, I, I've never, I've always been like, to me, a lot of that time period is just theory. I'm like, we don't, yeah, sure. To me, that's just a lot of theory, and you can pick and choose your arguments of whatever you want. And then, um, you know, I, I think that as as you get to about the Ice Age, I start thinking. It's still a lot of theories. I mean, there's a lot of facts pertaining, especially to, like you said, the American lion, certain animals and fossils that we are finding. Um, so I'm, I'm curious how this ancient civilization that has a certain technologies where it seems very superior in areas to ours, in areas, let's put it at that, right? Um, intertwined with these ancient animals or when and where they would have kind of like changed in um i i just feel like it's hard for me to place an area where this 
this theory could work in, in the time zones we kind of are given because it, it is known that these animals were around 20,000 years ago. I mean, we believe that to be true. So it's like, where well, the animals, the animals, these megafauna that we're talking about, the only reason I brought that up was to show evidence of some sort of a cataclysmic event, which you, you, you will agree with, you know, likely happen. Yeah. You know, it's, that, that's essentially, this is like now mainstream scientific idea that there was a cataclysmic event that happened about 12 to 13,000 years ago. We, mm -hmm. we, we kind of know that because we have the ice core samples. They, they know that there's a massive change in, you know, the level of water um, and, and sea level um, over a very short period of time. Um, they know that there, there is this massive layer of burnt rock that lines much of the, the planet that dates back to about 12,000 years ago. Um, and all these megafauna, uh, you know, if you look at these megafauna that existed in the US, you know, the, the lions, the mammoths, the giant sloths, you know, they all died off, you know, all around the same time 12,000 years ago. And for some reason, the only megafauna that survived that, that are around today are the megafauna in Africa, which is also where we, we think of today as where humans came from because that you know everyone says you know middle east africa africa was was the first area where you know humans were the hunter gatherer stage of humans you know that was the only area that was kind of not hit that hard by this cataclysmic event yeah no i i think it's all food for thought i mean i i've always been one to question the pyramids i i mean i feel like right now the one the most just the most easiest and workable theory is kind of what people do believe to be uh do believe to be true um but again i don't think it's impossible to i don't think it's far-fetched to try and question it and that they did just find it and trying to build on top of it because yeah I, a lot of it does not add up and i i do want to question that it's just hard for me to try and fit an area into where i can kind of believe it you know what i mean like there's I just feel like there's not enough time for an advancement that quickly and that fast in between the melting of ice age and what kind of is true and how they died off. It to no, me, well, I'm not saying that they only existed 12,000 years. I'm, I, who knows how long they were? These, this culture, these people were around. You think they were around? That. You think they were around during the ice age too? I mean, that's, yeah. Why not? Of course, you know, that's that's because the ice age. When was the ice age over? It ended around like. 12, 14, 13,000 years ago. And that's, that's, the, that's the idea of this whole thing is that, you know, there's, we know that the last ice age ended very abruptly, you know, causing this massive change in, in sea level. This is when, you know, the, the theory lines up. This is when, you know, these, this mass extinction event happened for all these megafauna and potentially, which is the theory, is these civilizations that existed. So that does, like, the, it's crazy how much of these time periods line up. And you could say it's, you know, confirmation bias, which I think that that, that is, you know, in my head. Like, obviously, I want this, like, slash, like, find it interesting and, would yeah. like it to be true because I find it so interesting. Um, so there's of course going to be some level of confirmation bias, 
But I think that there's a lot of, and I, and I understand that, but there is a lot of evidence that is just pure facts that line up with it, you know, confirmation bias or not, you know, these facts line up with it. So it's interesting to see it. Um, now you can't, I can't extrapolate that this is a hundred percent true because of it, but it's interesting to think about. And like I said, the well, only I thing I wanted to get across. Happen, it, well, I think what would have had to have happened is because the ice age ended about, I think it was what, 13 years ago, or Jesus, 13,000 years ago, 12,000 years ago. Cause the last one was 18,000 years ago is when it was happening. And then this, this um, cataclysmic event with the asteroid was about 20 and that's. We don't know when the asteroid hit. That's the thing is like, there's no, there has not been enough research to know exactly when the asteroid hit. Well, um, I mean, your guy, Brian, Brian, uh, what's his name? Forrester. Forrester definitely said it, he gave it a range. I mean, he said it was 20 to 35,000 years ago, which I'm saying may have slowly ended the... Um, the Ice Age is... So the Younger Dryas period is is what, what was the end of the Ice Age. That's what they call it. Um, and it was a return to, uh, to glacial conditions from the last gl uh, glacial event. Um, essentially the warming of the, of the climate from the Ice Age. And they said it happened around 12,900 to 11,700 years uh, BC. So let's just say, let's say 11,000 years ago, right? Let's say it was 11,000 well, 11, BC. So it's like 13,000 years ago. Okay. So 13,000 years ago. And um, when did the, when would these people have um, died off from this asteroid? Because they would have had to, they would have had to have died off from this asteroid or been well, affected and, and by I, I want to stress. Manner. So the asteroid is a theory. And, there's other theories of how the, of how this cataclysm happened. Um, the asteroid is just one of the theories. I, it's to I me think the it's most strong theory, though. Yeah, it, to me it's the most right. Compelling. So that's why I'm using it. It's the yeah. strongest one. So why not go with it? It's if it's your best argument, we might as well put it against the test. Okay. So um, it, this asteroid takes it out. This asteroid takes it out. Um, I, I think that there's a theory that it, it could have ended most of these monolithic because i do think now look in the in um the incas and in the incas um like uh societies where you look around at those at the evidence of the rocks where they were talking about the split in it was because of massive earthquakes right so i think they would have been feeling the earthquakes from the asteroid because they were so far, far south where it hit that right. they would have necessarily they wouldn't have been affected other than through massive earthquakes that were probably shaking their their um their whole uh, society and their structures, but did it kill them off? Maybe not. And they were able to last a little longer and same with any other ones in, um, you know, in Africa and Egypt and stuff like that. Maybe they were able to just maybe get affected by it a little bit. Um, but uh, I, I just feel like I, I'm, to me, there's just from where they died. Off, I'm having a hard time kind of seeing where they could have died off and how long they could have, been going during all this i mean yes definitely could have been active during the ice age that is 100 percent true um i see a lot of them getting buried because of tidal waves and tsunamis um throughout time and slowly kind of just deteriorating maybe that was what happens the earthquakes got too great started killing them all off in um in peru but 
Um, well, it's possible that that I'm just large parts I'm just, of, of I, South America survived. It's part. It's possible that this that the civilization in South America did survive for longer. I don't know. Um, I'm trying to find it right now. But I remember um, I was reading about this. The, the explorer who was the first explorer to 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 reach the Amazon. So yeah. a, the first European explorer to reach the Amazon. Yeah, you, know, you could find a lot of his details of the area. He claims that along the banks of the Amazon was this massive culture, um, and with with people and uh, and you know buildings all all along the Amazon. And then he comes, you know, whatever he's gone. The next people to go there was hundreds of years later, and they find out how it is today, which is just jungle. So they they wrote it off as oh he was just lying. You know, he was making it all up. It's not true. But now we've actually been to that, back to these areas in, in this Amazon, in the Amazon, where we see these dense forests now and using a lot, what's called LIDAR, which is like a radar system. Yeah, that could, laser radar. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they, they could, they could, uh, I know that out. because I, I, I know that because I got tagged by it by a police officer when I was speeding. <laughs> That's how they got me. Oh my God. <laughs> but continue. Yeah, so LIDAR, we actually now know that there's massive like buildings and civilizations, ancient civilizations inside of the Amazon along the, co the, the banks of the Amazon, similar to what this original explorer who was over there, you know, saw. So it's interesting. I, mean, I think there's probably a lot of shit in the Amazon that we don't know. Think about how dense that forest is. There, there's yeah. no way that whole thing has been discovered. So it's possible, you know, this type of civilization, you know, existed for much longer than than we realize and and a lot of some of the people might have you know been alive more so you know more sooner than, than this cataclysmic event the only point for this cataclysmic event is that it wiped out most of them yeah and so it maybe there was pockets that survived and you know for somehow long way longer and then would have died off some other way like let's say disease so this explorer came came and then he brought some diseases from from europe you know, the, uh, they didn't come back for 200 years, you know, th that disease might have wiped out the entire population to the point where, you know, they were gone by the time we came back. And, you know, it doesn't take long for the plants in the Amazon to take over these civilizations and, out and overgrow them. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely interesting. I want to believe a lot of it. I don't know how much I can believe, but, um, I definitely, my, my belief with this is this, this would have had to have been just in order to get to some of the, and I know, I know you keep harping like, well, they would have grown in a different way. Correct. But they still had technology that we've never seen. Like they still have areas where they were far more advanced than us. Um, and so it'd be interesting to, the reason I think they were dated even further back is just because. I think it would have been necessary plus also to deal with those giant creatures that were roaming around the earth with them at that time too, probably did need a high level of technology too, to help, help fend themselves from that. Sure. Think about like, if we were to go against a fucking uh, Mastodon right now, like if there was a herd of Mastodons coming at us, like, I'm sorry, but your AR 15 is not really going to do a whole lot. If there's only three of you, you know what I mean? Like you might be able to, get a couple down but you're gonna have a rough go of it that night <laughs> and, um, <laughs> so i definitely think that um they were able to 
have some sort of higher technology, but I, I just got to imagine they must have been a lot older because it would have taken time to be able to harness that and to get there. Unless, unless to bring in the aliens, unless they had help. And I think that yeah, could and, be scary. And, and, and I that's, that's where, yeah, I, I think that's super interesting. It, it's certainly possible. I mean, it, I think it's very possible that what we think of as gods, what we think of, you know, in our history books or whatever, as, as these ancient gods were just these potentially stories about these deities or, or aliens that, mm -hmm. that came down. Uh, you know, I think that's an interesting theory as well. Now, I, I, I mean, the reason I'm interested of, um, the reason I'm interested in, um, in this one is with the aliens is we would have had to have been a point where they found it was, useful enough for them to want to come like work with us right so there there had to have been a benefit of them helping in and giving us a technology boost um it couldn't have been just to pr promote our society along further that i, I can't see that being a, a thing it would have had to have been something like that maybe we had back then because the earth like you you know you're with the theory that you were going with earlier how it was so disheveled because it's twenty thousand, twenty five thousand years ago right maybe right. we had elements that were turned up that we we don't even imagine now that we can't even have that we don't even have a, or maybe there was so much more titanium or there was whatever is out there that is even stronger or a, a better material than what we have um that would be like my theory is, but we would find that. We, we would, but, but we would find that somewhere, right? Well, I mean, how have we not found the technology that they had to move rocks around that were that heavy, right? Like, just why do you have to find that technology? That was your whole theory earlier. Was if you buried it twenty five thousand years ago, they wouldn't have evidence of. But us. what you what, what you would find technology. is an extremely hard like metal, like you're saying. That's one of the things you would find. No, I'm just giving it like a cheap example. I'm just giving a cheap yeah. example of like what could have been over. Like there could have been an element that was uh, very um, potent, or not very potent, but very um, common on the tops of our earth 25,000 years ago that we just don't have now or we can't see. Right. Well, I, I think this is a very interesting idea to kind of bring back the Bob Lazar thing. I don't know. It's kind of like going in a circle right. here. Yeah. But But Bob Lazar claimed that claims um that the what's powering the alien craft is this element 115 yes. which he spoke about before we it even knew its own gravity yep and uh, it's able to uh, create its own gravitational field uh, when when hit with radi uh with radiation and that's how that's how he claims these ufos that we're studying in the u.s that's how he claims they're they're being propelled is by creating their own gravitational field. Um, and that element, element 115, Bob Lazar was talking about that in the 90s when it didn't even exist on the periodic table. Years later, the 2000s, with the Hadron Collider, I think it's called, uh, the massive Hadron Collider, where they're sending protons and electrons to collide right. together to create elements and create all these different like uh, amazing things. Um, they were able to create isotopes of this element 115 that were unstable and would decay almost immediately. But because they were able to create them on multiple occasions, they added it to the periodic table. So Bob Lazar was talking about this element 115 
before it was even on the periodic table and before we ever created it here on earth now the idea is what like, so what you're saying maybe yeah, this yeah. alien maybe this alien race that was here and we had these ufos maybe this element 115 is you know just like any other rock here on here on earth it's just everywhere yeah, I mean, exactly, and exactly. And so what I'm thinking, too, about the 115, so the, the element, though, that they released was a synthesized version, which almost makes me think about it being um, – it's a crossover. They used – they fi- found a way to use the element and mix it with something else to create the element because they couldn't fully harness it. Um, well, because what we have right now is a synthesized version of it. So I think there's element 115 is, could be a basis of it, but I don't think it's just element 115. Well, el- elements are, you know, by themselves, they're not synthesized. If, they're, if it's an element, it's not mixed with anything else. Well, so so what, what, what it is, is that all elements have isotopes, have a bunch of different isotopes, meaning that they have a different level of, of neutrons. Now, not uh not every isotope is stable which means yeah. that it would decay Look, it's mosokovium it's a chemical element it's a synthetic chemical element with the symbol of mc and atomic number of 115 it was first synthesized in 2003 right okay but it's not mixed with anything it's it like an element well, is just one yeah it was created in with the hadron collider right Right. So that's what I'm saying is they created an element and I think that they would have, because it's synthetic means it was created for, it was created by um, something else. Now I think that it was created, I think it was mixed with element 115 that we found with the aliens and able to, cause they couldn't find a way to harness it fully or use it fully. Cause we were just not there yet, but they did find that it was able to be suitable with, um, with another element say like aluminum or something just as basic example um and they they were able to then create this uh moscovium and it, i mean okay. it, was, it was a bunch of russian and american uh chemists mm-hmm. so well so just what, a, I was just to, a what i was trying to get at is is just for example you know carbon or any other element they all have different isotopes with with different numbers you know, of, of, of the neutrons and not all of them are stable. So we were able to create an isotope of element 115 that was not stable. But what, what, uh, what Bob Lazar says is what exists inside these, these crafts are is stable. element 115 stable. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just basically, I don't know who knows what it would probably look like, but see, but that's I, why I'm I saying- imagine it as like a rock. That's what I'm saying is they've, they found that they able, they found it to be able to like mix with another element to say they could beat Bob Lazar to the punch and be like, cause the whole theory is also Bob Lazar took some element 115 and that he has some. Did you oh, watch really? the documentary? I, I, he took element 115? From the labs. Yes. Oh. That, that's the, that's the theory because when he did this interview on the documentary on Netflix, he does an interview and then it fast forwards through. He's like, so did you take one element 115 from the Los Alamos labs? And then it fast forwards through the whole interview. And then he gets raided by the FBI the next day. And they're there for like nine hours raiding his house with like 20 something agents. And so they were looking for the element 115 that he quote unquote stole from the labs. Now, 
the reason I think that it is mixed and it because it's synthesized or synthetic and it is mixed, they like they they created it. They didn't mix it with something else because they can't stabilize it. They can't stabilize the pure element one fifty. Gotcha. Because yeah. it wouldn't make sense that if that was a pure element, then Bob Lazard could just come forward with that he has the element one fifteen. Yeah, he might get in trouble for all of that stuff, but it's like it, it's already an element. If it's the same exact thing there would be to me i'm like well there's no fear then like why wouldn't you just come forward and say yeah i have element 51 115 well I don't, that's you know obviously that's just like conjecture we don't know they don't know if he has it or anything like that i know but, i'm spy i'm just i'm ribbing this theory bro i'm telling you yeah. Yeah, this is a thing this is a thing i, I mean i think bob Lazar's story is just it's absolutely interesting. compelling do you believe him do you believe he like there I, I believe him i do uh you know i believe that he was working on the crafts like you know and it seems it's seemingly all getting he's getting um he was getting vilified and now he's vindicated because right. of what has come out recently about the US government being having studied and having their possession spacecraft. So we know that that's true. A lot of what he said lines up with what we now know as to be true with what was released from the Pentagon. Yeah. What was I, released. Yeah. I, I think uh with, I, like that, and that was the other thing too. Is like where it, it was sketchy to me, and the reason I started to really to lean towards him is where they're like they were denying all of his existence at schools and that he worked there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this dude literally made rocket propelled stuff out of his garage. You think he just like all of a sudden they just like he just decided to make all this stuff up? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like he's not yeah. like not like just some he guy who comes out of his basement who happens to be a closet genius like he learned how to do a lot of this stuff somewhere you know what i mean like there's and well, yeah, there they, one... they took him off they took him off like the los alamos that like you mentioned they took him yeah. off the record of ever working there uh, his like degree from school was like t- they, they didn't have it available. and mit yeah. his degrees were gone like it, they, so they the tried to erase this guy um and and who knows what stopped them but i think going to the press actually was a smart move for him because I, once he was in the press, because remember it saved his life because they stopped doing the assassinations, or at least he claimed somebody was out to uh, shot at him yeah. and was trying to kill him, and he thinks it was assassination attempt. So he was like, I loved in the documentary. He goes, "Well, is there another motivation so you could like help the American people?" He goes, "No, this is simply collateral. <laughs> no, this is simply to save my life. That's the only motivation here." So right. funny, uh, but I mean. It, <laughs> I'm interested. I don't know. I, I definitely think now he's definitely starting to hold, like his theories are starting to definitely hold more water. Cause you said like his, his stuff is coming out to be true. Um, I definitely uh, am interested to see what more they might push out because um, I, I want us to start you being able to use this technology. Like I want us to start being able to like see what we can do with it and maybe get off this fucking rock or go somewhere else or see if it can help us exactly race exploration well what's sad is what bob lazar talks about is that the environment created where he was working uh-huh. was so unconducive to, to scientific discovery like they had no collaboration with he he had one person he could talk to about it they were not able to collaborate with with other minds and they couldn't take it. They couldn't put it in certain situations. There's all these regulations on on how what they could do with it. So what he was saying is, it's a terrible environment for actual scientific discovery because it's so restricted. Yeah. And that, yeah. Uh, the process, if we really wanted to reverse engineer or 
really figure out, you know, how this works, you need to open it up and, you know, let, let scientists see it and let kind of the free market take it and, and see what they could do with it. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I think, uh, I, I, I do believe that there needs to be a, a period though, where they, they have to be super cautious because to be honest, you're talking about something that is foreign, something that's not from this earth. I, again, I think the public wouldn't be able to handle it. So I, I Back to my question at the beginning of the show. Do you think we're at a point where the public can handle it? People like now that we have people like um God, uh God, uh it's like Elon Musk who are showing that they have the ability to not only build rockets but return rockets safely. Um, so we we're getting to this point where we're having technology advancements and being able to see now let Elon Musk in a room like that and see what he can do. I mean Come on. Sure. You know what I mean? Why, yeah. Like, why, why not expand it now? Um, I, but I do agree. Beginningness of it, the beginning of it, sure. Like, I totally agree. Like, let it be. Um, be conservative with it. Kind of let it flow. But I, I do believe we're at a point now where – so I did see that they started um, – they started a – what you would call it it was a program in nasa about gravity propulsion they had just started a uh, um um an, acad- an academic part of that but um so they're definitely starting to think more forward about it at nasa which is good because I think that is the future because they also said it would be able to go about 60% of the speed of light and without bending any matter and material within a spacecraft. So that would mean these planets that are four or five light years away, we could get there in a decent amount of time. You know what I mean? Sure. Lifetime, it'd be, it'd be far, but you'd be able to get there and make a 20-year trip. But for you, it would be like five years. You come back, you got your kids are 60. <laughs> <laughs> you're and you're 55 <laughs> you're i mean who knows if a human could even withstand that type of like pressure from being inside one of those well that that's the thing is like what bob lazard was saying is it allows the material it creates a gravity and it bends space and time without manipulating anything in front of it so right. um it because of these elements and because of um what they're able to do it allows like things of, uh, to stay within their form within these spacecrafts. So they don't bend to the, the space or time. Well, and Bob Lazar is saying that humans are testing these and flying them. Yeah. Now, what do I have to do to be able to fly one of these things? Jeez, I'm not, I know I'm not a pilot, but <laughs> how do you get that job? <laughs> yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, Area 51 something that interests me, too, and I, I kind of wonder what's in there. Um, I definitely think because think about it now. We have a giant laser that um, can actually fire as a, as a weapon in a missile, um, on, like we have it on naval ships. Right. So how did we harness that technology? I'm sure it was just years of development within lasers, but, like, what else can we get out of these – out of these people and uh, their foreign objects that we're getting and how much ground have we made on them? You know what I mean? Yeah. How much of our technological advance has actually been, you know, us 
harnessing some sort of technology that we have from these spacecrafts. Definitely, definitely not anything as far as propulsion goes, because we're still pretty basic when it comes to propulsion. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, as far as like it, being able to see how they've harnessed their technology, because clearly the, these people, are, these aliens are far more advanced than us because they were able to come here. Right. They don't have the ability to get off this rock for and go to another planet and see life forms. So they're clearly far more advanced than us. Um, so we gotta, we definitely have to um, take that into consideration that they have a propulsion system that we've yet to be able to break down. Um, right, right. But I mean, what do you think really that we maybe maybe the development of lasers, like the ability, like not like like I mean to make a military grade strength where you can use them to, as like a weapon. Um, that's about as much as I could think of, or maybe the splitting of the atoms. That's how we discovered it. Yeah. I, I don't know. Nuclear I mean, power. I think we, we have a lot, we, a long way to go. I know that our current idea of, of what nuclear is, is through nuclear fission, mm -hmm. which is essentially the breaking up of an atom. Yeah. By colliding which, them. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, you, you split an atom essentially, but that, uh, when you do that, there's lots of, you know, bad stuff that goes along with that, like radioactive material. So, if, for example, nuclear power plants, mm -hmm. the way they're powering is with, with the nuclear fission, or, um, fission, which is like separating the atom, but there's all these radioactive materials and, and bad things to the environment that, that come from doing that, or bad things, uh, dangerous, you know, materials for humans that result in that. Now, I know that what our science wants to get to is getting to nuclear fusion, which is what the sun is. The sun is a massive nuclear fusion, essentially, where they have two, you know, atoms fusing into one. Um, and I know that, that at that point, if we ever get to that level, that's, that's what they say would, would, would allow us to, you know, interstellar travel. Interesting thoughts, man. <laughs> Interesting thoughts. I definitely think we need to do more into nuclear uh, um, diving into that. I think nuclear power needs to be more of a thing here in in um, the world, anyways. But um, interesting. Do you think we'll ever see um, life being built on like the moon or Mars or anything like that in our lifetime? In our lifetime, that's interesting. I think probably the moon. But let's see, say we have 60 years left, right? I could see eco, uh, like space tourism to the moon and hotels on the moon. You think that's possible? I think it's possible. In 60 years? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're allowing it really, it's up to what the government will allow because if you think about it, like they kind of just now allowed uh, Elon Musk. Think about what happens though on the restrictions that's going to happen for Elon Musk. Um, Either he, if something bad happens and tragic happens, they're going to come down hard on restrictions and regulations on him and really limit the stuff. And then that's I'm sure. the process down. I, I think if things can go smoothly and go as perfect, illy planned. Yeah, I think we could do moon. I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's far before. Um, I don't think it's far before we start doing like space, like a, 
like trips like people can kind of just go out and yeah I, I think that yeah exactly the space trips are not that far away um and there could be like international space station type you know hotels for space tourism as well as like i said uh potentially space tourism even on the moon yeah i think that's very possible in the next 60 years especially with the way that you know like 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 we were talking about now there is a profit incentive because you have these companies like SpaceX um, and there's, there's more, there's, but this SpaceX is, I know, the main one that are private entities that are now be, uh, getting into space travel. Um, you know, they're getting into space travel with the idea that they're going to get really rich people to pay them to go to space. That's, that's, the, that's their, their profit incentive motive right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's the next adventure. It's going to be expensive too for the first couple, obviously, like the first ten years, and then it'll it's be just going to be the, the richest of the rich people, of course. Yeah, and then and then you'll get um, it'll become more commercials. Like think about flying, but hey, think yeah, about exactly. This, think about this: when space is available now for us, think about how easy it's going to be for us to go to Europe. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, we'll be like, fuck yeah, baby, our time to shine. Transatlantic <laughs> flights. <laughs> Let's go. We'll, we'll be flying coach. Exactly. Oh, no way, baby. We'll be getting first class because it'll be so cheap. They'll be like, dude, please. Everybody's just, all of our, all of our big money's going to space right now. We, we need some people. <laughs> As it'll be our time to shine. But, um, so would you go to space? If right now, if you were, like they said, hey, you get three weeks to go to the moon, live on the moon for a week. You get a week vacation. Uh, moon. Honestly, no. Really? <laughs> I don't Why? think so. I, I wouldn't be one of those first ones up there. You know, I, I, I would love to maybe at some point, but I wouldn't be one of those first, you know, people testing this thing out. I would, I would need lots of, uh, ex, uh, you know, lots of evidence that's safe of people that have gone there and come back, and then maybe I would, I would give it a try. Okay, fair enough. Um. That's I how I feel about the vaccine too, by the way. Well, yeah, I, I'm not going to, I mean, well, my annoyance is that the vaccine's going to be required for like kids at school and stuff. And that's where I'm going to be like, no, I'm not. Cause people are so hysteric and they're gonna be like, you're, we're going to make it mandated that all kids have the COVID-19 vaccine. It's like, that's why my kids are going to go to private school. <laughs> they're going to go to private school. Get yeah. I mean, that would make no sense just because. It's, the kids aren't the ones at risk, so why why are you vaccinating them? Well, because that's just the way liberal society works: is they freak <laughs> out and they panic, and that's what you end up working with. Um, you're telling me that they're not going to have parents who are going to be like, "I want every kid to make sure that they're vaccinated, so they can't." Spread oh my it god! Like it's there's you. such crazy people out right now. You're you're so right. It's yeah, one hundred percent people like that. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's not far-fetched that it's going to happen. Um, and th that'll be unfortunate. Um, but anyways, um, so any, anything, uh, anything else that you'd want to talk about with it? Yeah, you know, uh, really just, you know, pretty crazy. Like just to go back to this, that, you know, we, we're, we've been discussing, you know, all this stuff and, it's just not something that you, you often hear about. Um, and, and these theories, you know, 
that we know of, you know, aliens, aliens existing, you know, you, you don't actually, people still kind of consider people who have these discussions to be crazy, even though we Definitely now know not for, as much anymore. Definitely yeah. not as much anymore. Um, but yeah, I mean, it happens. I mean, for me personally, it's, I, I'm in the belief that if there was going to be, if there was going to be um, a society that was technologically more advanced than us, that they definitely had help from um, an exterior force. There's just no way that doesn't like that doesn't add up. So, hey, maybe it's very possible. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's interesting to really you know think about it and just you know think about what could have been and what could be. I you know if we actually figure out what happens and we, we allow our, you know, research to open up and rethink, you know, what we thought think of history, maybe we could prevent a future extinction level event from happening to us. The problem is, is we don't really have anything like that in North America. And that's an issue because we, I feel like we'd be the country to lead that charge and there's no way we can, we're we have researchers all over the, the world. We don't. What? You know, American researchers can go anywhere. Yeah, but do you, you're talking about governmental regulations within, like, within those countries? So yeah. You're working with Turkey, right? Like, and, and you're Egypt. working with Egypt, and then it's you're tough. working with Peru and Chile, and then you're working with, um, you know, other uh, Europe. You might be able to get some luck there, but I mean, you're gonna have some, you're gonna have struggle bus city for a little get-go there right uh, i may have to go my dog is like toby's like starting to wake up no worries man um uh thanks for fun. coming on and i hope, uh, hope we get to do this again anytime Kyle. all right take it easy man later